Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. And here we are. Hard to believe. Hard to believe it's already the month of December. Wow. Time goes fast. It's a lot like this when you're young, let me tell you. But the busier you are, the faster it goes. Thank you to everyone for your unbelievable support. What great listeners I have. I mean it. You are all the best, and I thank you. And this month, we are celebrating Americans who have made a difference in the community they live in, because you know that's what it's all about. And we have a great guest today and a wonderful leader in America. Evan Frazier is the president and CEO of the Hill House Association, and he oversees one of southwestern Pennsylvania's most important dynamic community developments that I'm associated with and proud to be. He has a master's from Carnegie University, named a loose scholar. We are so fortunate to have with us Evan Frazier, so, so lucky he lives right here in Pittsburgh. In addition, he is an author of the book, Most Likely to Succeed, The Frazier Formula for Success, Always an Advocate for the Disadvantaged and People with Disabilities. Evan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Joyce. It is always great to be with you because you are so inspiring, and it's just an honor to know that you are on our team and the, the team of everyone who is out there working to make the community a better place. Well, I would always be on your team, Evan, and I have to start. I have to start, <laughs> have to start by asking you, Evan. Yes. What do you think about our new president? Wow. Well, you know, I mean, when I think about our new president, what can I say? I mean, that is just awesome. I mean, it just creates uh, such an optimistic perspective in the communities and, and in the country. I mean, I believe that uh, really he has inspired a new sense of democracy in the community, in America, and around the globe. Uh, based upon his leadership and based upon what it stands for, uh, you know, by uh, having uh, not only the first African-American president of the United States, but also the type of leadership that he brings. So we're, I'm, I'm excited, uh, and uh, I believe that there's a, a great deal of optimism about his new presidency. I have to ask you this, Evan. Did you ever believe you would see this in your lifetime? You know, it's funny. I've, I... I could personally could envision it happening, but I didn't think it would happen so soon. I've heard, I know a lot of people I have met who said they never envisioned it to happen in their lifetime, and I believe that. Uh, and for some reason, I'm, I'm the eternal optimist that I always felt it would happen, but I, I figured I'd be much further my senior years before I would actually uh, see it happen. Well, I must tell my story, my Election Day story. As everyone knows, on Election Day this year, I was so honored to have Michael Stratmanis and Kareem Dale, two people that will now be working at the White House with President-elect Obama, 
Oh. They were on my radio show. On election day, these are people very close to him, but they took time to be on my show because they wanted to make clear to everyone that people with disabilities will be included and are important. And that was just so awesome. Yes, so, we can. You know, <laughs> yes, we can. That's, That's right. right. That was our first big thing. But the night that he won, yes. I was in Washington, D.C., because I had a meeting next, next day at the Federal Department of Labor. And around a few, like, I'd say an hour before he won, um, I said, okay, to Mary, we'll just, who was traveling with me, we'll just call, let's get room service, because, you know, I won't leave this TV. So we called him up room service, and I just sounded so happy that the woman on the phone said to me, wow, you sound so happy. I said, are you understanding <laughs> that we're going to have President Barack Obama? And I never thought. Evan, that I would see this in my lifetime. That's amazing. I was not as optimistic as you, I'm ashamed to say. And she said to me, well, I'm 64 years old, and I'm African-American, and I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. Yeah, I've so, heard yeah. that so much. In, in well, well, wait a minute now. Uh-huh. An hour later when he won, my, yeah. phone, my phone rang. <laughs> it was that lady from room service. <laughs> she, she called me on the phone. She said, we won, we won, because you know what? Yeah. She just had to have someone to tell. And and of all the things that happened on that day, I'll never forget that, because here's a woman, 64 years old, working nighttime right, in right. room service, and was so thrilled to have someone to call. So the very next day, I was at a reception in that hotel, and I told them the story. I said, "I want to, I want to find that woman." <laughs> well, she was there, and they called her up. Yeah. And this woman came up, and she looked at me, and she said, "Are you room seven oh nine?" I said, "I am." <laughs> and her her name is Miss Essie. Oh. Wow. And I'll tell you what, I'll never forget that. I'll never oh. forget that 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 happened. But you know, just as you said. Yeah. Evan, I do believe that it has given many people hope. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It, it, it means that we are, as a nation, we are looking at people and leadership in a whole new way. And I think that's wonderful. Yes. Well, as you know, I, I heard Senator Durbin speak in New York earlier this year, and he told the story of how actually he's the one that told President-elect Obama to run for office. And he said, I want to tell you this story. And as many people probably know, he was the president of the Harvard Law Review first in his class. Right. And Senator Durbin said, now you know, Harvard Law Review, first in your class, African-American. Well, you could probably just go anywhere you want for as much money as you want. Right. That's right. But he chose instead to be a community leader first. And, you know, when he told that story that day, it was so powerful. Oh, wow. But, and, and, of course, you know, look what's happened since. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Evan, do you, do you think, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, do you think that will help people like you across the country who are trying to be community leaders? And the second question is, personally, what made you decide to work in the community? Yes, well, well uh, to the first question, Absolutely, I think it will make uh, things uh, 
better for those working in the communities. I mean, I've already uh, seen almost overnight uh, this notion that uh, when you talk about community organizers, um, that it was almost like a word you couldn't really say because people reacted to it so differently. But he made it almost overnight okay to be a community organizer. And so I think there's probably community organizers all over the country who feel a greater sense of empowerment uh, because it's more accepted because you can be a community organizer and then become president of the United States. And so that's a very, very powerful thought uh, that you could actually, and I guess the way I can best answer your second question is for me personally, I guess my heart has always really been in the community, whether I was in the corporate sector uh, you know, whether it's in uh, corporate America, in the private sector, or on the public side, uh, working in communities. Uh, it really didn't matter for me. I would always find time to make sure I'm connected and, and really involved in a civic way. Uh, but it, uh, for me personally, it is so rewarding and so gratifying to be working in the community each and every day, seeing the impact of what you do. Uh, for me to be able to marry that, my, my personal, you know, real deep, when you go real, really deep down inside for me, it really is about what's the impact that you're making. And for me to be able to uh, work every day in a job where I need to use all the professional skills that I learned in school, uh, you know, at CMU, at Carnegie, at, at Cornell, uh, working in the private sector and in the public sector, and uh, being able to use those and then know at the end of the day that everything I'm doing is going to help people. I mean, to me, I feel a great sense of satisfaction. Well, Evan, you are a great leader, and you have done so much. Um, you know, I should take a moment to let you tell them now uh, the Hill House. Tell them what the Hill House does. Sure, sure. The Hill House, we are a comprehensive community service agency. By that, I mean we are multi-generational. We serve young kids. We serve mothers and fathers. We serve adults who are looking for employment. We serve seniors. We also get involved with neighborhood development and how do you meet the changing needs of neighborhoods. Uh, and we also uh, are involved even broader than that um, through the economic development side. And so we are a very much a broad, comprehensive community agency that really serves the community in three uh, general ways. You know, one is our direct programs that we provide, you know, early learning and child development, youth services, family workforce development, senior services, and neighborhood development. And we have a whole variety of programs uh, that we do each and every day that, that reach out to people uh, and serve the community in different ways. The second aspect of how we serve the neighborhood is that we, uh, when you come to the Hill House campus, and I say campus because we have a series of six buildings that we own, uh, and we've created kind of a place that people can come to. Uh, and when people come here, it was created to be a one-stop shop for human services. So you can get, uh, hopefully, all the needs met that you need to have met. Um, and because what we have in addition to our own programs is we house other agencies that are also service providers, that they complement our programs. So it's um, this notion of, of medical care and dental care and mental health service and housing and Alzheimer's and autism. 
all these things that we couldn't possibly be specialists in all of them. We actually have those providers right here at the Hill House campus, and they complement the programming that we provide. And then the third aspect that I believe we have a great impact is really in the way that we use our space and our facilities. Um, Hill House really is a place where people come, a safe place in the community, a place where people can come to meet, to congregate for um, public events, for personal events, for arts, for uh, uh, just really all types of purposes that people come here. Uh, and it tends to be a place where uh, when we leave in the evenings, all our conference rooms and our auditoriums, they're filled. And they're filled because there's so much that needs to happen. There's so much activity. And Hill House is a place where people can come to make sure that they have the right venue and the right opportunity, the right environment uh, to move those efforts forward. So, so Hill House, I believe, has a, a great impact in those areas. And as I mentioned just briefly, we also have an economic development arm, which is committed to serving as a catalyst to promote economic activities. So, for example, creating jobs in the neighborhood, you know, developing businesses, um, helping to encourage things. We, we, uh, are in the, we've done a number of things over the past few years. Uh, right now, one of the things that we're working on is really solidifying uh, a long-term aspiration of the community, something that has not been here for 25 years, but is fundamental, and that's a full-service grocery store. Wow. So we have really hey, wait a minute. I want to talk more about that, Evan, but we're going to get a break for a minute. Then we'll be right back. If you just joined us, do not go away because we have Evan Frazier with us today, President and CEO of the Hill House. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where community leadership matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. Have you ever thought about... Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice... What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we're with Evan Frazier. And let me tell you, I love Evan Frazier. He is the president and CEO of the Hill House Association. But you know what it is I love about Evan? He's the real deal. He's genuine. 
He's always there when you need him. He is really, really a great leader for all of us, and that includes people with disabilities. Evan, when we went to break, you were starting to tell about the grocery store. Could you finish with that? Uh, Sure, sure. Well, I was just uh, uh, really mentioning that um, we're in a position right now to, uh, as a part of a long-term vision for the community, is to really bring forth a full-service grocery store to our community. Uh, It has been without a grocery store for 25 years. And uh, over the past number of years, there have always been kind of non-full-service options that uh, kept inquiring. And so we're at a place where we're we're looking at working with a full-service grocery provider, uh, working and and, and really uh, trying to make this happen over the next couple months and solidifying the deal. What it would do is it would not only bring, um, you know, groceries and, and, and services right here to the community, it'll bring 100 and 120 jobs. Uh, right here in the neighborhood. Uh, it will bring other businesses and ancillary uh, types of development that will occur because it then became an anchor uh, to really build out the business corridor, which has been much needed for, for many, many years. And so we're very excited, and it's just one of the ways that uh, we believe that our institution uh, can help support continued growth in the community, and that's, that's really uh, why we're set up. Well, that would be just awesome. And it is, the thing about the Hill House is we are involved with so many different aspects. That's what I love about it so much. You know, it's not just one area, but we're reaching out to help people in all areas. Uh, Evan, when you first started out in your education and your life, I wanted to ask you this question. Who was it that inspired you to believe in yourself because you have accomplished so much? Who, who was that person? Uh, you know, I, I would have to start with my parents. You know, I think my parents provided a great example and a great base. Uh, certainly uh, my father was kind of the, the steady, even-handed guy who was always out there in the community, um, you know, uh, and, and really building those relationships. My mom was the one who, when you think about community leaders, I mean, she's one that has really put herself out there as a trailblazer. You know, both in the women's movement, in the uh, uh, you know uh, uh, civil rights movement, uh, and just in all the things that she does, uh, from you know not only being an educator but you know being in business and having a vision. She was the one, uh, and my parents were the ones who really you know taught me that I could be anything I wanted to be, and 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 basically uh, you know made sure that in my own thinking that there were not limitations. You know, they're the ones who made sure that uh, I had faith in God and understood how important that was for my own growth and my own development. And so I have to say, while I have a lot of mentors out there, people who have supported me and continue to do that, um, in the, you know, just growing up, having strong parents, in my case, I think was very fundamental for me to recognize the many opportunities that were out there. Well, they did a good job, let me tell you that, Evan. They really did a good job. And I, I know that about, uh, you know, I, the time when I met your mother, she was a dynamo, no doubt about that. So, you know, it makes such a difference when you have people that are believing you from when you're young, doesn't it? Oh, no, no question, no question. And I think that's one of the things that our organization's 
must also do, which is to give people that hope and that belief um, that, you know, all the doors are open, but you've got to walk through that door and, and have enough confidence to walk through that door. And so that's what we try to create because everyone doesn't have the same um, structure at home. And so I think one of the values, uh, part of the value of what we all do on a day, day-to-day basis in terms of serving the community is to get people to see their full potential. And uh, uh, because again, we we don't choose who our parents are. We don't choose who our family is. It just we they are who they are. So we have to wrap around everyone's individual circumstance to make sure that they have that hope, that inspiration, that understanding that they can be successful. And Evan, how, what do you do to get people to see that? Because that seems like it's very hard to get people to understand that. But what I mean is, um, I did not grow up. You know, in a wealthy family. Sure. But I grew up in a family where my father worked two jobs to put me through college and provided for me. So to me, it's I still feel I was well off or blessed. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but my, I always think about this, you know, but what if I had not grown up there? Yeah. What if I had grown up in a, where I didn't have uh, both parents or where maybe my one of my parents had a, you know, an issue or a problem? Or, or what if I would be have, you know, parents where I had abuse or something of that nature? Absolutely. You know, then what happens? Sometimes I don't think people realize that, like, where you go to high school, where you live, the family background. Now, I'm not meaning you shouldn't be held accountable, yeah. but I'm just saying there is a big difference. There, there's no question about it. And, and just what you have described are really folks that we work with every day. And I, we, we try to inspire people by empowering them to see their potential and to really deal with some of the barriers uh, to them moving forward. And so for us, uh, our organization does it in a whole variety of ways from, you know, really trying to meet people where they, where they are and let's deal with the reality of their current situation. And as they start to see that you can move past this barrier and you start to you know, see a broader vision for their life, um, then I think that's when people get inspired to, you know, go in a direction that's positive, that uh, they're not willing to turn back for anything. And uh, so that, that I think that's part of it from an organizational standpoint. On a personal level, one of the things, one of the ways that I try to reach back is really through the book that I wrote. Um, and it really is designed to help people to see, one, a broader vision and a clear vision for their future because I believe a clear vision is, you know, part of uh, really defining what success means uh, and having the right attitude, you know, that is going to uh, keep you on your, on your track for your vision. And so in the book that I wrote, uh, there are really three fundamental parts of it, you know, and it really deals with, um, you know, success being a combination of your vision, your plan, and having the right attitude. And we uh, certainly we could talk about that uh, at greater length. But um, uh, on a personal level, it really is that uh, philosophy, that formula that I believe can transform anyone's life if they follow the steps and, and, and move forward. And that book is so awesome. Evan, I think you should at least take a minute to tell them what is the formula. Great. Okay. 
Well, there's a lot of ways to think about the formula. Some like to think about it as an equation, which would be S equals VPA to the R power. And I know that sounds complex, but it actually is very, very simple. So uh, it stands for success equals your vision, a plan, and the right attitude. And it, and it, and it really talks about all three of those components being in alignment with one another. Uh, so uh, you start with your vision because your vision, if you really think about it, is really your future aspiration for what, where you want to go in your life. It ultimately becomes your self-determined criteria for success. You're actually, when you set a vision for yourself, you're actually defining what success means to you. And that is so powerful because in the absence of having a clear vision for yourself, you then fall prey to what society's definition of success means. You know, you fall prey to what someone else's definition uh, of success would mean. And by having your own vision, you then become a full participant in your own success. And uh, uh, as I, I try to share a lot of examples in the book of these powerful stories of how people, because of their vision, are compelled to do amazing things and to find tremendous success. And I found over the years uh, that the people who tend to stand out are the people who have a clear vision and the other components with the plan and the right attitude are all working together. Uh, so, so the vision, again, is, is really the first component. Uh, the second part of that is really developing a, a, a concrete roadmap. That's, that's your plan. And I believe very strongly that your plan needs to have both professional and personal components to it. You know, it would have your educational goals. It would have your, you know, your social goals, uh, perhaps your spiritual goals. Whatever it is that uh, will both connect you professionally and personally and help move you towards your vision, that's what you need to build within your plan. And, uh, and then there's some things I talk about in the book that talk about how do you make your plan strategic to you? How can you make sure that you're building your plan based on your strengths? Because you want to build your plan on your strengths, and then you want to find out what are, your th what are the areas that uh, you would consider your weaknesses or the areas that you don't feel very strong at, and how do you make sure that those areas get strengthened so that they don't hold you back from your vision? Uh, and then the third component is the right attitude. You know, so you can have your vision, you set your vision, you build your plan, um, but it's really the right attitude which keeps you on track over the years. Uh, Joyce, one of the things that um, I've come to realize is that life tends to be cyclical. And by that I mean, you know, there are going to be some high points in your life and there are going to be some low points in your life. And I've never met anyone who's escaped the low points. You know, it's, uh, you know they're, they're bound to happen. And where the real difference tends to come is when we're at our high points. Everything's fine. We see our vision. We're marching towards our plan. Things are working just fine. But once we hit our low points, those are the times when we start to lose focus of our vision. We start to veer left or veer right off of our plan because whatever's in front of us that we're dealing with, we just can't see beyond. Uh, 
And so, but it's those people who tend to look at life in a positive way that they believe, you know, that whatever the situation they're dealing with, that they're, they're going to get through it. And they never lose sight of their vision. And that's something we all control. We control our own attitude. We control how we respond to situations. Uh, we control, you know, um, you know, many of the aspects of, of, of uh, uh, our, our own attitude when we think about attitude in a very, very broad way. So it's really the attitude that we have. Do you look at, you know, your situation with the glass half empty or half full? You know, perseverance. You know, do you believe you can achieve your vision? You know, it's all those kind of things that are entwined in what I call the right attitude. And so I, I've kind of broken down this notion of the right attitude in two ways. One is the universal aspect is some of the things that we talked about, you know, that everyone, that apply to everyone's situation, you know, being positive, you know, being able to persevere through situations, believing in yourself. And then you have aspects of the right attitude that are going to be dependent upon, you know, really what your vision is. You know, so for example, you know, if uh, you're a professional athlete and, you know, and uh, you have a certain vision to be, you know, at the top of your game, you know, you've got to have a competitive attitude. You've got to have a winning attitude, you know, to be able to compete in a way uh, that's going to allow you to, you know, really rise to the top. You know, you might need a different type of attitude if you're uh, in research and in long term, you know, that's, that's what you're dedicated to. You've got, got to have the diligence and the patience uh, to be able to uh, do that type of work and go through the education necessary uh, to, to uh, you know, deal with that situation. There are other situations you've got to be more aggressive. So, so there are components of attitude that are contingent upon what our vision is, and there are components of attitude that apply to everyone that will help us all. Oh, such good advice. And when we come back, I'm going to talk more about this book. As you can see, boy, what a book for a timely time. This is Joyce Bender. I'm with Evan Frazier, author and CEO of The Hill House. This is America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Evan. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. 
How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We have as our guest today, Evan Frazier, author, author of the book, Most Likely to Succeed, The Frazier Formula for Success, and President and CEO of the Hill House Association. So Evan is an author, a community leader, someone really trying to make a difference and give back. And I was telling Evan at the break, this book he wrote is so appropriate for people right now. Because, Evan, as you well know, we are going through right now an economic meltdown, um, and, and I actually want to talk about that uh, in relationship to the Hill House. But first, I did want to ask you, you know, this, this book is, first of all, the perfect holiday gift to give to anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is a great holiday gift. Um, and in addition to that, you know, folks, I know many of you are going through tough times. I know many people with disabilities are entrepreneurs in their own business, facing a lot of challenges. Um, you don't have time to go out, you know, to some high-priced uh, session somewhere. You've just got to go into work every day and make things work. But you can buy this book. And I'm going to tell you, I really think during this time, which is a tough time, this is really a great book. And it's a great book to give to anyone you know. So, Evan, how does someone purchase your book? Uh, there, there are a number of ways to do it. Uh, probably the best way is actually online. Uh, it's at Amazon.com, which is uh, www.amazon.com. And I also have a personal website, which is linked to the publisher's website. So you could purchase it directly that way, and that would be by going to www.fraserformula.com. That's www.fraserformula.com. And uh, Fraser is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And uh, so that's the best way if you're across the country or different parts of the world. If you happen to be driving through Pittsburgh, it actually is in the border stores in, in Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh area locations. Uh, but otherwise, the most efficient way would be online. Uh, I do uh, sell a lot of books when I speak in particular, uh, so I find that uh, that tends to be a, a very effective way for me to get the word out by really talking to people directly in, in, in sharing the book at that at that time because it it uh, uh, comes with uh, multiple perspectives. So those are probably the best ways uh, to to uh, put your hands on a copy. And you know what? Once again, this book very uh, very effective, very helpful, very 
inspirational, but really very effective. I would check into that. As I said, this is a time where a lot of people need this. So make sure you go check that out at Amazon.com. And if you have any problems, uh, you know you can contact me at Voice America uh, or at BenderConsult.com. And just so you all know, I bought these this book for all these people at my company, and I would endorse this book. I do endorse the book, and I would also suggest if you're looking for a speaker right now, you know, Evan Frazier, good speaker, bring those books along with him. Joyce, you are such a, an inspiration, and your picnic was one of the most inspiring and uplifting events of the year, I have to tell you, and I was just honored to be a part of that uh, occasion. Yeah, Evan is so kind. We purchased the books, but Evan came and signed the books. You don't know how thrilled all my employees were. And I want to just tell you this. He was on a big vacation and cut this vacation down to come to my picnic to sign these books. So I just hope his wife's going to speak to me when I see her. (laughs) (laughs) We all have a lot of love for you, Joyce. (laughs) Well, Evan, I, I want to talk for a minute about the Hill House. You know... As I've mentioned a few times, we are going through an economic uh, meltdown. Uh, in November, 500,000 people lost their jobs. You know, companies yeah. continue to lay people off. Although, remember, hear it from me, what goes down must come up. That's right. Remember that. Remember about Evan's book, what he was saying about positive thinking? You know, that Henry Ford saying, if you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Well, Got to have that attitude. Things will come back. But for right now, uh, Evan, since we are going through such a tough time, I want to tell you, Evan, that I heard uh, one of our TV personalities speak last night, uh-huh. uh, Yvonne Zanos, who told this great story that that food bank in Pittsburgh where they have that event to raise money for people yes. raised more money than they ever have. Oh, that is great. This past month, which just made me so happy to hear that. Uh, But, as you well know, there are other organizations where that isn't happening. So if people are thinking of making a contribution during this time, I thought maybe you could just talk for a minute about why they should include the Hill House. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, Well, first, uh, this is uh, such a critical and challenging time for, for everyone. I mean, the markets are down. Uh, and regardless of kind of where you are, you're feeling the effects of the economy. But I want to say in the communities, you know, where everyday people, you know, typically are, are making things work but barely, there's a lot more people in this uh, environment right now that are struggling in a big way. And now's the time when it's important to have programs out there that will help to sustain people through these times. It's uh, important to have programs that will make sure that their kids are in the right environment after school and being nurtured and, and, and being able to grow that way. It's important because you have a lot of people who are losing their homes and losing their jobs. And, um, you know, so the services that are out there that, that are, are provided as people turn to different elements, uh, which uh, take them down the wrong path. We have a variety of programs here at the Hill House that get people back on track. You know, if it's, uh, uh, I, I think about the Hill, the Hill House Collaborative, where we have uh, women and their children who are in recovery, um, and, and how important that program is to getting their families back on the right track. Uh, 
you know, being able to have the resources to, uh, you know, not only buy food, but, but take care of the basic essentials of getting, keeping their family together and being able to deal with those things that are preventing them from, from uh, the job that they need. And uh, so we're, we're helping a whole lot of people navigate uh, in our family workforce development programs. You know, we're dealing with a lot of folks who are, you know, one step away from the system because of child support. And we're able to work with them to, one, help them understand why it's important to stay connected to their families and why it's important uh, to be able to gain a meaningfully uh, and a stable job. And we've been very successful as an agency at getting people to see those connections, to understand how do you deal with those barriers to employment? How do you strengthen your bonds to your family? Uh, we have many seniors who are out there who are one step away from being having to go into a home as opposed to being able to live independently uh, or interdependently in their own neighborhoods. And so we do a lot of programs like home meal delivery and congregate meals and senior activities to keep our seniors engaged and uh, with a good quality of life. And right now we're at a point where uh, this is just an important time because the needs get greater. And so to the uh, extent that um, there's continued need in the community, um, you can definitely count on Hill House and many other agencies. I, I want to say there are a lot of great agencies out there, but certainly Hill House uh, is making inroads in all these areas. And one of the things that we're trying to do as an agency is also, uh, as we look at the core basic services that we provide, also look into the future and say, how can we uh, make the services we have here sustainable going forward, regardless of how, which way the uh, economy is moving in, because it's a challenge. And so to the degree that we have support now, we're building into the future to rate, make the right investments so that we can continue delivering the kind of services that are, are just so critical always, but in times like these, uh, people are feeling the brunt of the need for social services and, and, and human services that happen right here in the neighborhood. Yes, and see, see that's, that's the whole thing. When you're thinking about making a contribution, remember, I said this the other day, but it's easier to give when everything's just going perfectly fine and you have all this excess cash and nothing to worry about, then it's easy to be the hero. But right now is when people need you the most. Right now. This is when people need the most help. So, you know, don't. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about that. I wanted to ask you, Evan, how do you make a contribution to the Hill House? Uh, best way um, is uh, to either visit our website, which is www.hillhouse.org. Again, just www.hillhouse.org. Uh, or they can call our office uh, at 412-392-4400 uh, and, and ask to speak with us in uh, either our, my office or our development office. And uh, we would certainly be happy to um, uh, accept uh, your support because it's really your support uh, and, you know, the support of individuals uh, that really make a difference. And it's something that we know uh, just from the, the 
past years as government's declining in terms of the amount of funds it has to provide for uh, agencies like ours. Um, and even as United Way changes, the same types of sustainability that have been out there in the past, you can't really count on that same level of support going forward. So it's really the individuals uh, like, like uh, you and I that make the difference with our gifts on a regular basis. And with that, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back to close the show with author, advocate, CEO, and our friend, Evan Frazier from The Hill House. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com if you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, and I'm here with Evan Frazier. You know, we were talking about giving and making a donation to the Hill House Association, and please remember them. You know, it's not how much you give, it's that you do give. I read the front I read a story that really surprised me. It actually was the front page story of Christianity Today that caught my eye. I am a big Charles Dickens reader and what do I see on the front? Scrooge is alive. Which <laughs> was the name of the article. And anyway, what this uh, was about is how people are cutting back on giving even to their churches and or synagogues, you know, wherever they're place of worship is, and they, they told this story about this one person that said, hey, you know, I used to be able to give this much, but with this economy right now, I'm going to just wait, you know, and once I have everything under control and I have more money, then I'll give. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, somehow I can't picture you saying this on Judgment Day. <laughs> That's right. You know That's what right. I mean? Yeah. I mean, what... What we're supposed to be doing is helping one another right now. That's right. That's right. As I said, this is when you're going to see true character. 
through this time, you're going to see true character. You're going to see people that are there for people, that help people, and then you're going to see what happens when greed, you know, has overcome people or the wrong things. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Evan, for any young people listening to the show today, what advice do you have for them? Uh, I, I think the the best advice that I would give right now is, you know, so important to really be much more focused and to really live your dream. You know, it's so important to to take the time to build and to focus and get prepared in the right way and to keep Focus, even though times are tough. Keep focused on your vision, where you're, where you ultimately want to go, and tap into the motivation to make sure that you're taking the right steps to ensure the future. And I think that uh, your message about giving back is right on. Um, there's a chapter in the book uh, that really talks about those people who give back financially. They give back of their time. Those are the people who, by much greater percentage and proportion, are the ones who also would define themselves as successful. And that's not in terms of dollar amounts. That's in terms of their own attitude towards giving and to supporting each other. So having the right attitude during these times is absolutely critical. Yes, as a matter of fact, when you were saying it's not, it's not according to wealth, in that same article... Um, I was talking about the article in Christianity Today called Scrooge is Alive. The people across the United States who are giving the most are people who make less than $10,000. I'm talking about percentage-wise, percentage of what they make. So the poorer people are the people that are giving the most of their money until you get up to, I think it was $90,000. Wow. So something's not right there. Right. Wow. But that's why to all my listeners, you know, a lot of people with disabilities, they are living in poverty or one step away from poverty. Um, I've hired people that were just come out of being homeless. I mean, a lot of people with disabilities are really down and out. You listen to me. You have that character I'm talking about. You can make it. You will make it. If you follow what Evan's talking about, even through this time right now, even through this time right now, Evan, you know, we talked a a lot about you. You have just, for your age, boy, you've done so many things. You are really so successful, in my opinion, Um, and and everyone's opinion that knows you. But I wanted to ask you, Evan, um, in this past year, 2008, what would you say was your greatest accomplishment? Oh, wow. Uh, this has been, 2008 has been, I think, just such a great year. Um, so let me just share. I, I would say my greatest accomplishments this year, one is getting this, the uh, book published was a 10-year journey for me. Um, and it took years to really put it together and uh, really develop the concept so that it's clear and people get the message. So I would say that was one of the, the greatest accomplishments. On a couple other levels, um, through the work we're doing at Hill House, uh, we, were, we successfully uh, were a part of a broader community coalition that we were part of, and we helped to negotiate what's called a community benefits agreement. And it became the first one 
this is an agreement to make sure that the community wins and gains resources and, and, and is able to, to uh, uh, benefit from some of the, 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 the arena developments that take place. And so we negotiated the first community benefits agreement in the state of Pennsylvania this year. And so we're very, very proud about that. And a uh, uh, lot, lot to be, lot to be uh, thankful for because uh, just 2008 has been great. Uh, we, we received the nod to move ahead with the, the grocery store in our community. That's another, I think, great accomplishment. Uh, so I'm proud of that. And there's some personal things with my family that I think are just, uh, I'm just so, so, uh, I feel so blessed. Well, that's wonderful. And, um, I mean, I, I just think you have done so much. And, you know what, Evan, we'll be looking for book two. All right. We'll be looking for book two. But for right now, everyone has to buy book one. Most likely to succeed, the Frazier Formula for Success, again, Amazon.com. Amazon.com, and you can get the book. If you were in Pittsburgh, by the way, Pittsburgh, that's the city that just beat the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry to all my Texan friends, but you know I just had to remind everyone of that. But I'm sure I'll be reminded with a lot of calls that I get from all of my wonderful listeners. Uh, but speaking of the Steelers, that is one of Evan's uh, champions because uh, am I correct? Yes, Mr. yes. Want to talk about that? Yes. Um, for those of you who are interested in big football fans, uh, the forward to my book, uh, most likely to succeed, uh, was written by one of the most outstanding all-time professional football players, and that's Mr. Franco Harris. And uh, he was... Uh, He's a legend here in Pittsburgh, and I understand across the country as well. Um, he's the one who, uh, during the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers' heyday, uh, was one of the key running backs uh, and was uh, um, MVP of one of the Super Bowls and just uh, just a tremendous, tremendous inspiration. You may have heard of the Immaculate Reception. It's, I think, one of the most famous plays in NFL history. And uh, Franco Harris is the one who was at the center of that and really is the one who uh, caught the ball and scored the touchdown that went down in history. So I was so honored that Franco was so uh, uh, so willing and so supportive that he wrote the forward to the book. And so uh, please, uh, something you don't want to miss. That's correct. And, and he is also another community leader. So, you know, that's really special to have him as the person doing that. Oh, yeah. So, Evan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I think my, my message is just a very simple one, which is, you know, even in the economy, even with all the challenges that are out there in the market, live your vision for your future and don't let anything deter you. Keep moving forward. Keep doing what you think is the right thing and, and go after it. And so that's my message today. And to all of to all of you with uh, disabilities listening to the show, you hear what Evan just told you. I want to remind you we have a famous quote by a civil rights leader or someone that really relates to what we're doing. Here we are right now, compared to what the depression. Do you remember the president of the United States that took us through that? was in a wheelchair, 
President Roosevelt, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And with that, I look forward to seeing you next week. Evan, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here as always. It's always great to have you, Evan. See you next week, everyone. And remember, at Voice America, disability always matters. This is Joyce Bender. See you next Tuesday. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.